This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikato, a radio show and podcast looking at the quirkier people, groups and interests in the region. I'm producer Gary Farrow. Photographic artist Mark Hamilton, who also happens to hail from Kirikiriroa Hamilton, first picked up a camera in his late 20s before studying the craft at Wintech. With two decades' experience, he is now producing a vast range of powerful, atmospheric work, including, but not limited to, scenes of Kirikiriroa, theatre production photography, portraiture, and interpretive photography based on characters from Bob Dylan songs. His studio is in the Garden House building, and I made my way up there to get an insight into his photos. My name's Mark Stephen Hamilton, Mark Hamilton. Um, I've been photographing for about... When did I start? I picked up my first camera when I was 27, my late 20s, my kind of first big trip, and and purchased my first camera, and um, and from there just fell in love with photography. Really, um, became you know, as, as cliche as it sounds, you know, an obsession, um, and so I photographed. You know, in my spare time, I originally trained as an electrician. I did electrical apprenticeship when I left school. And then in my mid to late 30s, started thinking about possibly doing it as a career. And, um, and but was always, you know, kind of thought, well, I can't leave my secure job, you know, at in my mid thirties to pursue, you know, pursue a, a, a career. Yeah, mate. A career in the in the arts. Um, so eventually, um, plucked up the courage. I had a, I had a couple of friends who died young from cancer, and that was a um, a bit of a motivator. To, you know, life's too short. You got to do what you love. So I gave up my day job um, in nineteen ninety eight. I was 30, 38, and gave up my day job and went and studied media arts at Wintech, majoring in photography. Graduated in 2001 and went into business working for myself and kind of started from there, really. Um, but, yeah, it was just started off as a hobby, which transitioned into a into a full-time job. But, it's, you know, I'm lucky to be one of those people that, it does what they love, so it's not a job. It's not. It's not a job. It's something I love. So, so it's, it's great. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, it has working for yourself and being business and freelancing is always. It's a lifestyle, but it's you know it comes with its own pressures and stresses and and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I wouldn't swap it for the world. Now, how did you find your direction in photography? Because you've developed your own style very much. Um, I think it kind of, when I first started, I, I guess I was like everybody else. When I first started photography, we didn't have the internet and all that sort of stuff back then. So, you know, I read magazines and, and you know, books and devoured what I could. And they were really traditional sort of things like landscape photography and and 
portraits, I suppose. So I kind of went down that pathway because that was all I really knew. And then when I studied at Wintech, you know, I, I was um, exposed to, you know, a whole range of different um, mediums, you know, like painting, sculpture, film, graphic design. And, um, and that informed my practice quite a bit you know it just opened my eyes to to lots of other things which I hadn't been exposed to before and initially I was really into kind of social documentary work um, so I kind of traveled a bit and I'd always I was always interested in people and culture um, so that was the route I kind of went down initially um, and then I guess my work kind of developed being influenced by books I read, movies I saw, um, memory, you know, to a degree maybe a little bit of nostalgia. Um, but I've always been, you know, ever since I was a kid I've always been interested in horror movies and, and things that have been, always been a little bit darker. And I think that is that to a degree has come across in my imagery. Um, it tends to be darker, not so much as in content darker, but more in kind of a palette or a colour or a tone or something. I, I tend to prefer a, a darker palette. So I think my my style or the work I do today has been influenced by what I was exposed to at Wintech, but also my own, you know, um, things that I enjoyed growing up. You know, like I say, you know, like the spooky movies and the, you know, there's something intriguing about about a dark image for me. You know, like this time of the year winter is a good time I love to photograph in this time of year because the light is so much nicer and it's darker earlier and I'm just not taken by happy sunny photos I just don't find they're emotive enough or they don't tend to say anything but like sad songs really sad what's that word what's that song sad songs say so much or something mm. you know so it's kind of it's a bit yeah, it comes from that really You know, I'm drawn to things that either I respond to either, yeah, emotionally or it triggers a a, a, resp a, a nostalgic response or evokes a memory or something. So I always try f to to make images that, um, you know, whether someone likes them or dislikes dislikes them is irrelevant. But if it stops and makes them think and go, oh that's good for whatever reason or bad for whatever reason um, that's all I want really you know but yeah they're, 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 they're emotionally driven you know they're, they're, they mean something to me and you know possibly mean something only to me um, but you know that's good and I think it's just and I think that's just how I like to see the place or how I like to see an environment um, and I just kind of, I just notice those sort of things. Um, a lot of a lot of things or spaces that I may photograph are often places that would, you know, someone could walk past a thousand times, you know, a hundred times and never ever notice. But there's always something about the way the light falls or, you know, form or shape or, you know, it's just intriguing. And if it's dark or darker, 
that's even better. Mm. Yeah. So in those dark situations, do you have to uh, use any lighting equipment um, yourself or some of them are slow exposures, aren't they? Yeah, most of them... Um, no, actually, most of them are quick exposures. Okay, yeah. Um, so unless I'm doing a staged scene like that Dylan series where they're all shot with um, a combination of natural light and artificial studio lighting. Um, but the stuff around that I wander around the streets or home, Hamilton or home or whatever, is often just quick grab shots that I see. Um, and generally they're quick shots because um, I tend to, if it's a a darker image, I guess if that's the term, I tend to underexpose the images anyway, just to emphasise that darkness. Um, so by doing that, the, the exposures are quicker, you know. Um, and there's often they're often grabbed in just a really quick moment. So I'll see something that, you know, it's not something that's planned or thought out. It's just something that, you know, I've walked past and I've noticed, and it's a grab shot because. It's resonated with me for whatever reason. Um, a recent shot that I can think of was just taken out here in this car park building and it was just looking through the mesh into the corner of the alleyway and it was just the way the light was falling across the, the alleyway and that was just a super quick grab. But, you know, I could, I could imagine what that scene was like in my mind. Probably not the scene that you would see if you looked at it when I was looking at it, but to me, I saw it in this kind of more dark and noir kind of way and yeah so it's just often they're just really quick grab shots you managed yep. to capture that in the photo how you are viewing it sort yep. of thing rather than how other people yeah view how it. i imagine it yeah 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 that's fantastic now do some of these grab shots have you won awards or have, have, no. you sold, have you sold some of them for significant amounts? No, no, like my photography, like I don't tend to enter competitions or my, my photography is purely a selfish investment really. You know, I'm not looking, you know, because it's so subjective, you know, if, if I entered a competition and I win something, well, you know, someone likes it, yay, but you know, the next person that looks at looks at it may not like it you know so I'm not really driven to enter competitions or whatever it's purely purely for myself and I like to put my work out there for people to view but you know I'm not looking to produce work to sell um, because I think if you do if I if I do that take that approach it becomes a completely different narrative you know like if I'm looking to sell something you know when I'm taking an image, there has to be an outcome, you know, possibly, you know. I, I, prefer, I prefer the spontaneity of the, of the moment without the, without the premise of having to, you know, looking to sell an image or enter an image into a competition. So it's purely selfish, really. It's just mm. purely for me, which, mm. is, which is what I get the enjoyment from. You know, you know, I work every day as a commercial photographer and I make a living from it and that's nice, you know. Um, and so to be able to be completely selfless and just, you know, do it, do it for myself for no other reason than other, do it, other than doing it for myself is all I need and all I want, really. Mm. Yeah. So you've got a significant studio here and it's obviously established. So yeah. you've obviously, you create plenty of work for yourself. Yeah, and I still kind of pinch myself, really, because I don't know how it happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I studied and I graduated and then I went into business trying to 
make a living as a photographer. And the first five years was really, really hard. And you know, there were many times where I wanted to give up because it just wasn't a happening thing. And then, by chance, I, you know, I think, well, but I know that, you know, I got I got an opportunity to do um, commission to do an exhibition by the Waikato Museum on the Somali community way back in 2005. And that was kind of a stepping stone for me there on. So it was just one event kind of led to another that led to another that led to another. And then 20 odd years later, I'm still doing it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I never take it for granted. And, you know, I still kind of can't understand how it <laughs> really mm-hmm. happened. It's so, a yeah. Bit of a dream. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, living the dream, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting to see how your work captures some narratives, like that uh, series you did on the Somali community um, would have entailed a narrative. Um, But all of your uh, photographs of Kirikirito or Hamilton that I've seen, they tell a real story as well, don't they? And I've um, just, I mean, I've... As I said to you before, I moved to Hamilton just under five years ago and I've gotten to know so many places and so many angles on Hamilton um, from your work. So that, I think that would work that way for a lot of people. Do do you aim for sort of a narrative element? Um, No, not, not, I wouldn't say I aim for a narrative, you know, like all all the photography or photographs or images that I make for myself are purely driven by a response to a scene that, you know, obviously evokes something within me that makes me want to photograph it. So I don't photograph anything thinking of a narrative or thinking how this may affect someone else's view of Hamilton or wherever it is I'm photographing. It's purely, like I said, it's selfish. It's just something that resonates with me. And if it resonates with someone else or or whatever, that's that's great. But... No, I have none of those sorts when I'm, when I'm photographing. It's purely just mm. all about me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but it's quite magical then that people who are consuming your work can can relate to that, I think, can yeah. relate to that perception you're having. Yep. Yeah, which is kind of nice. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. Definitely. Now, um, we've got Bob Dylan playing in the background here. We coincidentally um, had it playing as I walked in the door here. Well... Somewhat coincidentally, um, yesterday was his 80th, 80th birthday. birthday. Yeah. And um, also, my uh, friend who referred me to you said that you had uh, done a Bob Dylan series of works, Bob Dylan inspired series of works. Yeah. Would you like to talk about uh, about that? Yeah. Well, I've been a, I've been a Bob Dylan fan since I was 15. Now 60, so that's a few years. Um, so kind of I had this personal project in mind for ages and um, I wanted to photograph a series of portraits based on characters found in Bob Dylan songs and I kind of struggled with it for a while as to kind of 
which way to take it. And I went to the movies and saw Todd Hayes' movie, I'm Not There, which was kind of about on um, Bob Dylan, but it was kind of created where Bob Dylan was portrayed by four different actors over four different periods of his life. And there was a scene with Richard Gere, and um, he was Pat Garrett, and Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. And there was a scene where he was going to a funeral in this rotunda, and all the townsfolk were going to this funeral, and they were all dressed up in these kind of crazy costumes and there was a giraffe slowly wandering through the scene and kids with all these weird costumes and men and women with these weird costumes who were almost like characters from his songs and that kind of gave me the idea to to pick out the portraits that I thought kind of visually you know you could visually imagine what he was saying in his songs so I went through a whole bunch of his songs and picked out images picked out characters I that I could picture in my mind just by listening to the music. And so I just sought out friends and got costumes and found locations and um, and made a series of portraits. So like I did um, Hollis Brown from the song Hollis Brown, Johnny mixing medicine from Subterranean Homesick Blues, Johnny's in the basement mixing up the medicine, Louise who hands, holds a handful of rain from Visions of Johanna. And so they were just based on that. And um, yeah, it was a two year, no, it was longer than two years, probably a three or four year project on and off. And um, culminated in a couple of really good things. Had a, um, a show a few years ago at the Gardens Festival where we had big light boxes in the modernist garden and we had a Dylan covers band playing Dylan songs live and a poet reciting, you know, Dylan lyrics and stuff and it was so good and then Dylan played in Claudelands in 2014 and um, I knew the manager at Claudelands and I said oh you know can I hang some of these pictures up in his dressing room yeah. and he said yeah go for it so so that was cool and anyway it turned out he had a he had a trailer he didn't use the dressing room so I hung them in the corridor just outside the green room where they hung out so put them up there before the show and and then Mike back house manager when he come to taking them down he said I come out and he was in the corridor standing there looking at your pictures I says miserable bugger could have bought one mm-hmm. but yeah no, that, but that was so cool you know just think that he had actually seen them it was like mm. a bit of a buzz really so mm. that was cool Hollis Brown he lived on the outside of town Hollis Brown, he lived on the outside of town With his wife and five children and his cabin broken down It shows what a, um, what a great connected community it is in Kirikirira or Hamilton, isn't yeah, it? That yeah. Bob Dylan's in town so you're just yeah. able to put your photos yeah. up and, on the wall. lucky enough to be in the position to be able to put my pictures in front of them that was just like mm. who would ever thought that would have happened when I started you know mm. certainly not me so yeah it was great mm. yeah that's amazing yeah. so what was the sort of um journey like in creating those uh those works because you you showed me some of them um before and we can see that they're 
they've got a contemporary bent on them as well, don't they? But yep. they're also um, obviously very connected to the characters. Yeah, so it was kind of, each character was my own interpretation of that character. And, you know, I think anyone listening to Bob Dylan's music would have their own visions of what something might look like or what something may be. So these are totally my interpretations, but it was really good. I kind of tried to fit a location that's find locations that suited the character then I'd find people that kind of suited the character and then it would be a matter of finding those people finding those locations going out and doing some test shots without costumes and all that sort of stuff checking testing lighting and and all that sort of stuff and seeing if if A it would work first and then once we'd nutted that out it would be getting them into full costume and then just photographing them and I guess I tried to make the images a little bit like the old Victorian images where you do portraits in front of a painted landscape that sort of thing so I tried to get that feel across it and so I think ultimately the, the whole idea of the series of images there were there were 16 photographs in the series and it was almost like People would see them, it would be like taking a walk through some surreal landscape and just stumbling across these weird and very different people who were either kind of really out there or kind of semi-normal. So it was kind of a kind of journey through a landscape where you would just come across these people that just happen to be characters out of Bob Dylan's songs. Mm. And I guess that's what Bob Dylan's music is like. It's like a journey through a landscape and you're yeah. observing all these interesting little pockets yeah. of social life yeah 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 some mm. really out there and some not so out there but mm. yeah so that was that was kind of the idea and i think to a degree i pulled it off i think had a pretty good response so yeah but i tried to follow it up with another series similar with nick cave um but i just found it was too similar to the bob dylan one so i kind of put that on hold for now until i can think of another way of doing that that's just not the same mm. yeah who knows maybe even that cave was inspired by bob dylan's yeah you know idea yeah. um because uh i've heard discussion of that on tv over the last few days around bob dylan's 80th that um pretty much all of rock music now has been influenced in some way some by way bob dylan yeah yeah exactly from you know, from the early folk days through the country rock to, you know, yeah, everywhere. Mm. You know, doing pop songs better than the Beatles were doing pop songs in the early 60s, you know. like, But, yeah, it's it's incredible. Mm. Yeah. And it's amazing to think how, how humble he is. Um, now and you know his work he goes in the, he goes in whatever direction he wants with his work yeah he's lucky enough to be able to do that because you know he can do what he wants he doesn't care if people like it or don't like it so what you know mm. and I actually kind of I think he's at a stage now where his voice is really really bad well not bad but you know he's just just the age thing but he's doing old blues numbers as well and it just suits him perfectly it does so good yeah yeah, yeah. Johanna that conquer my mind But it was interesting, you know, like people asked me when I had the had the prints up in Claudens and I said, Oh 
did you get to meet him? Did you get to meet him? Mm. And I don't think I'd want to meet him. They say you should never meet your idols mm. or your heroes because A, I wouldn't know what to say to him anyway, but might come away disappointed and that would be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm not sure I'd want to meet him really. Mm. Yeah, happy to live with, uh, you know, live with him in my head. That'll do. Yeah. And in a way, he got to meet part of you looking at your works. Yeah. And I know that he's had a look at them, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that was, a, that was a buzz, mm. yeah, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. So, um, shall we talk about your day job a bit as well, like what you do to make a crust? What I do to make a crust, gosh. Well, I do kind of anything and everything, really. Um, most of my work is commercial advertising, so work for small businesses, medium-sized businesses, big businesses. Um, and that can be anything like this morning I was photographing for a new show for a local gallery. Um, I'm doing a lot of work at the moment with Transpower around their transition to tower assessment with drones. So um, I've been employed by them as what they call a SME, SME, a subject matter expert. Whoever thought I'd be, <laughs> whoever thought I'd be one of those? So um, yeah, everything from that. I've had a few days at the zoo doing some promotional stuff for them. Got, you know, work coming up with regional council, Wintech, just, yeah, it's why. And I do a lot of theatre stuff as well. So that's kind of getting into into the swing of things again now that you're allowed out and about, which is really good. I really enjoy theatre work. But that is, is almost, I don't consider that my day job. That's kind of more personal work as well, really. So, but I love the theatre stuff, so that's good. So mm. tend to shoot the, shoot the programmes for theatres and then during shows go backstage and shoot character portraits and stuff like that mm. cast portraits which are which are really cool so that gives you some good opportunities as well so it's cool it sounds like you're involved with almost every avenue of Kirikiriroa Hamilton and extending out into the Waikato in your in your day job let alone your yeah. um yeah. your personal and, work yeah and I'm so lucky you know because I love what I do and the people I get to work with and for are it's just wonderful, you know, like, and, you know, you just get opportunities to go places and meet people that I would never get if I didn't do this work, you know, and it's just, it's just, I'm just so lucky, you know, you know, like, I know so many people that just hate going to work or, you know, go to work because they've got to pay the mortgage and pay the bills, but they don't enjoy what they do, and, it, and I, was, I used to be like that, you know, like, when I was working in the electrical trade, you know, it's, I left school when I was 15, got a trade but I left because I just wanted to get a job and get some money you know and then by the time I was in my mid to late 20s I was thinking well you know is this what I really want to do no <laughs> and um and then thankfully I just made that leap into doing something that I wanted to do that's just it's just the best thing ever just talking about working in the industry I guess you know I've had over the years lots of interns predominantly well through Wintech media arts program and, um, you know, I think getting into the industry these days, or any time really, is always really, really hard. You know, it's, um, but, you know, you've just got to persevere, persevere, photograph for yourself, just do anything and just keep photographing and photographing. And, you know, eventually an opportunity comes along and, you know, one thing leads to another. But, you know, it's a really hard industry to get into. But it's, 
with perseverance you can do anything, you know. So anyone wanting to get in the business, you know, just keep shooting, man. Shoot for yourself and shoot what you love. Thanks to Mark Hamilton for being the subject of this episode of WTS Waikato. You can like the show on Facebook and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance, and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.